Ariel Hawani's MMA show is presented by Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another episode of DC and Hawani. And let me tell you, we got a good one for all of you today. We got a lot to discuss coming off this past weekend's UFC event, all the corner controversy, the main event, all that stuff and more, plus another big UFC card coming up this weekend. But first... Just wanted to shout out some of the great work being done by the great Buster Olney on the ESPN Baseball Tonight podcast. Without any baseball games going on, he's been digging deep into his personal connections and interviewing baseball legends, both past and present, every single day. This guy gets a podcast every single day. How lucky is he? So if you're a baseball nerd, I suggest you check it out. It's called Baseball Tonight, and you can get it wherever you get your podcast. Also, if that's not enough... My good pal Jeff Passan is on Monday's edition of ESPN Daily, where he tells Mina Kimes all the latest in baseball's ongoing negotiations for returning to the diamond. On again, off again, on again, off again. It's so hard to keep up. Passan makes sense of it all for us. Baseball tonight, ESPN Daily. Check them out wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's M. Back in your life on this Monday, June 22nd, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Hawani presented by Modelo. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. And my, oh my, do we have a lot to discuss on this Monday morning slash afternoon. It's afternoon here where I'm living. It's the morning where DC is Gilroy, California. Not the West Coast, the best coast, the West right. Coast is the best coast where I'm at. Morning time, fresh, crisp. I can't, I can't do that, you know? What? I can't do that thing with my hand, that W. Yeah. I you have, have a weird take... thing with your hand. I noticed that because you always like move your hand hey, like man, this. Hey, man, chill, man, chill. Don't okay, do that. Sorry. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, that's, you very... that? you know like... that's a very sensitive subject with me. Don't do that. Do not do that. You're like the guy from Happy Gilmore. With don't, the, with the don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. that? <laughs> what is going that, on with dog? that hand? Yo, don't do that, dog. Okay. It's doing it right now, actually. Don't, don't do that with my hand, please. Don't make fun of my hand. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's a sensitive subject? It's very sensitive. I've become very like... I've been become very like uh, I've noticed it now. Self conscious. Yeah, I'm very self conscious about that. People make is it fun from of me. The, uh, the Bigfoot fight? No, it's not from the Bigfoot fight. I don't know what I did, but like people make fun of me about it. Like Anik makes fun of me about it. Cassandra makes fun of me about it. Everybody makes fun of me about my hand being very stiff. It's not. It's not a cool thing. Like if I want to scratch my nose, I do this. You do like your whole hand <laughs> over your nose, or like you scratch your forehead. You wipe your. No, brow. I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't even I know how we see. started on. They, they do, yeah. <laughs> right or the left, or is it both? It's actually both. I, it's like I oh do stuff gosh. like this, and I do this. Like, well, I don't let me know tell what you. that is. It's weird. Shut up. That fate is looking tight. Damn. I would actually like to talk about it. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Look at that. Ariel, wow. has my hair all been looking like this for a while? Well, now you're letting it grow, right? Well, has it looked like this, though? Is this new? To me, I no. feel like this is new. I feel like my hair looking like this is new. It's a little more pronounced. Can you just do me a favor and not cut it leading up to the fight? Are we letting this grow? I'm going to look completely like George Jefferson. Yes. I'm going to look just like my guy, though. Hey, 
Is it? Look is it cool? It is See, how about our boy Roberts Pearson made this great drawing this week? Yes. It was me dressing a white knight outfit with the killer birds on me, and you vetoed it. Wow. You, 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 you vetoed it. Why did you veto the one that Roberts did with me dressed as the white knight and the killer birds? Why'd wow. you veto it? Are you serious right now? I'm serious. Why'd you veto it? Let me I was like, you, okay, let's do that one. And then you were like, no, no wow. I just, That's a, maybe, I just think maybe we shouldn't do that one. You were like, let's right. just do the one with the birds. I was like, come on. You got to have like, hey, self-deprecation is like the key to these these pictures. But I don't understand. Like, why are you so sensitive? Let me explain to the public how this works. <laughs> no, no. Robert so Pearson. Gonna, so wait, wait. So you're going to lie to them? No, I'm not going to so lie. You're going to lie to the public. Pearson, the brilliant mind behind those pictures each and every week, sends me one around Wednesday or Thursday. I don't make requests. I don't, I don't dilly. I just take what he gives me. And last week, he sent me maybe the best one ever of you as a white knight, of course, playing awesome. off the comments. I loved it. For him. I, I loved like, it. And you got mad. I sent it to you. I, you got mad. You got no, actually, you actually got sent I did not get mad. Oh I did not get gosh. mad. You're lying now. I so I had to go lying. back to Robert and say, hey, man, DC got mad. He got so mad about that So this is kind of your one. thing, right? Like, so, okay, I get it. I get why everybody gets mad at you. You lie. Stop. Well, oh, you lie. I will never, that, that actually is offensive for you to call me You're a liar. You're lying right now because you vetoed the Robert Pierce. I was like, come on, man. That's what happened good. at the end of uh, last week's show? What happened at the end when we were done? Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. We were done. You were like, hey, corporate Jacob, can you cut out that one part there? No, I didn't. Sensitive. No, I didn't. You're no, getting didn't. sensitive. You're getting sensitive. This is the thing. It's all well and good when you're calling fights and everyone loves you and you're just talking about the action. But now that you're a pundit, now that you're an analyst, wait, wait, I'm wondering if you can wait. take the heat. Wait, wait, time out, time out. So you're there is sensitive. no vault now. So you're telling me there is no vault? There is, like, no, there is vault. no vault. There's nothing that we do now that stays between <laughs> you and I because this thing that I said to Jake at the end of the show is not supposed to be brought up again. Well, I didn't reference what it was about. It was thrown, but it was thrown into the vault, and you just brought it up again. This is I'm not sure area. if it was thrown into any vault. You see this? Listen, you said, hey, uh, and, and we were, Jake and I were looking at each other virtually, of course, and we're like, oh my God, is he really going to pull this on us? Then we have to like cut out the show and take it down, the stream, all that stuff. And you're like, hey, I don't feel comfortable. You know, I've been getting a lot of heat these days. You know, the fighters backlash and stuff, and they call me a white knight no corporate. Behind you. No, I don't see anything. Countdown. You're oh, back, baby. You're back. I'm you're back. back. <laughs> you're back, baby. You are back, baby. You're back. This is the first time in a while. This is the first time in a while. This is my triumphant return. You're back. Four and a half years. You're back, baby. Wait a second. I brought you back. I brought you back. This is legit? Oh, it's legit. The embargo has been lifted? It's happening as, well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I I would not go that far. What are they going to, are they going to blur me out? Is it going to be like you talking? Blur your face out. But we know it's you. But we know it's you. You and I know it's you, and that's all that matters. You're in my heart forever. Thank you. I don't care how much everybody gets mad at you. You're in my heart forever. This which incredible- leads me to this. Which leads yes. me to this. Yes. I was just perusing mm. the Instagram comments, and boy, you did a sports and a hit in regards to Max Rajkal. Yes. Rajkal. Rajkal. Boy, Ariel, they were on your head. That's fine. I felt bad. Like, I felt like I want to defend you. Oh. So let's talk about this situation that happened on Saturday. Like, what? Wait, can I just say one thing before wait, wait, we move no, on no, to that? No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go to that. What, what is you, – what are you, the captain now of the ship? You get let's to steer see. the ship? What's going DC on? DC and Helwani. <laughs> Listen, 
I just wanted to say, for, I just wanted to wish you a happy Father's Day. That's all. Oh, I mean, we got it. My brother. I thought we did that yesterday, though. Like, we did that yesterday, for, you know? For the public. Happy Father's Day, my brother. I appreciate Happy you. Father's Day, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Respect. Father's I know, in, in all honesty, I know it was the first one without your dad. Yes. So, man, you know, I was, I was, it was feeling a very rough one without my father. First one. Um, I have some old videos that I watched, and uh, that was good. You know, just honor his memory every day. I always think about my dad. So, yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I know we joke a lot. That means a ton to me. Um, Absolutely. So as we move forward. Yes. Um, I had a whole rundown here, but you just want to get right into Max, huh? I That's want to cool. get right into it, man. Let's go. I, 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 feel like it's such, I feel like it's such a big subject, Ariel. And also, yeah. I've gotten a little bit of inside information on oh. Max and everything. So, um, Can I set the scene for those I may have missed it? Go ahead. Okay. Set the scene. First fight of the night, Saturday night, UFC Apex. Max Roshkoff, who's taking this fight on five days' notice, according to his manager, Brian Butler. 5-0, and 25 years old, up-and-comer. People in Vegas seem very high on him. He's fighting Austin Hubbard, who's fought several times in the UFC, around 15 fights. Um, you know, kind of a up-and-comer, if you will, as well, in his own right. Up-and-down guy, up-and-down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't same, think it was same, a mismatch. Up-and-down guy, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a mismatch by any stretch. Um, first fight of the night. Wait, 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 wait. Austin Hubbard, yes. you know, all respect, he fought beautifully this weekend. But there are certain guys that when you have a young guy like that, a hot guy, they fight a certain type of guy. And Austin, because he had been up and down, found himself in that position. So are that's you referring to him as a curtain jerker? No, as they I'm say saying in the like, business? well, like certain guys, right? Like, so there are certain guys, like the other day, right? Sean O'Malley, I love Teco, right? Jose Quinones. But when he went to the fight with Sean O'Malley, he wasn't like the guy that was, you know what I'm saying? Like, Certain guys aren't supposed to beat certain guys. And I think um, they put you in matchups at times where either you can win and then you go on the bigger and better or you kind of get put back in your place. I got to be honest with you, by the time I fought Frank Mir, you know, I was supposed to beat him. So he was there for a reason. You know what I'm saying? It was like just different areas of the uh, the career. And I think Austin, because of some of the ups and downs, had put himself in that position. But I think now after the big win – now he's the guy that starts to get those matchups to propel him again. In other words, Austin was Jeff Munson and Max was Daniel Cormier. You know what I'm saying? That's what it was you supposed know, to be, know, right? That's what it was but supposed It doesn't to. always work out that way. Sure, and sure. Now go ahead. So, okay, first round, all three judges score at 10-9 for Austin Hubbard. Second round, all three judges score at 10-8 for Austin Hubbard. Then we get, yes. But after the first round, the yes. vast majority of the people in the world, of the people I spoke to, thought that Max had won round one. It was very close round one. So the feel going into the third round was that it was one-to-one with the fight on the table. A lot of people that, that I talked to. But with a potential 10-8, right, in the With second. a potential 10-8, yes. But most people thought it was 1-1. And honestly, I didn't get a lot of people saying that they thought it was 10-8 in the second round because he got some takedowns and he had moments, right? Most times people are very stingy with 10-8s for some reason. And that was a 10-8 round, but I didn't find myself thinking, oh, that was a 10-8 round because I know how stingy judges are with giving him. And he had moments, right, where he landed shots and he got takedowns. Generally, when you see a 10-8, it's just pillar to post the entire five minutes. And he had his moments. So I thought it was 1-1 going into the third, as did a lot of people that I, I spoke to. And, and I think uh, a lot of people in MMA 
How did you have it going to the third? Two zero? I, I had a two zero, yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought it was one to one. Okay, fair enough. Regardless, they go in between rounds, going into the third. Max is cornered by Robert Drysdale, who's very well respected in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu community, former UFC fighter, multiple champion in BJJ, retired four or so years ago, undefeated, had the one no contest because of the PED issue, but has developed a good team uh, in Las Vegas. He's his chief cornerman, and actually, Max has been living with him for two years, kind of helped groom him. And right away, Max tells him, call it. Call it, Robert. Call it. What are you talking about? Call it. He ends up saying, call it, meaning end the fight nine times. And in addition to that, said multiple times, like, I'm done, this and that. And he's trying to convince him, let's go, champ, let's go, trying to convince him. In the end, um, the chief inspector in Nevada, who's standing in the cage, sees the conversation or hears the conversation, the interaction, and then goes and informs the referee because in Nevada, only the referee can end the fight. In some states, it could be a doctor as well. But in Nevada, according to Bob Bennett, who told me this yesterday, only the referee can end the fight. The referee's Mark Smith. He goes over to the cage side position. They then ask um, Max if he can continue. He says no. They end the fight. And this, you know, this led to this big conversation, criticism, the sports center thing you're talking about and whatnot. So I think people know how I feel about the interaction. I think people have seen at least a tweet from mine or, or for me or uh, the sports center thing that you're talking about. So let me ask you, and, and by the way, just want to say, I feel the exact same way two days later. I just want to throw that out there. What did you make of this scene? Okay. So when I, on an, initially I, I heard it and I go, stop the fight. The kid doesn't want to be there. But then, for this real quick. Yeah. But then I thought, and I spoke to people. Um, I spoke to a couple college coaches that have, that have known Max, and they know Max. That at times that um, you have to motivate him in that way to really dig through the tough times, and he'll do it. Right? He'll answer the call if you push him. So maybe in the training room, because we're only Robert Drysdale and his coaches see him in the training room in those scenarios to know how they motivate him to get through tough spots. And then I was talking to my friend Jamil Kelly, and he said to me this, Daniel, in your life, without coaches making you and pushing you, one, you would have never gotten through tough matches or tough fights. Two, you would have never, ever made weight in anything, wrestling or mixed martial arts. The coaches had to stay on you and push you to do that. So I feel like it was excessive. Like when the guy's like, no, no, I don't have it. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I feel like it was excessive and maybe the coach should have taken that into consideration and sending them back out there in the third round. But I also can see from Robert's side a little bit how he's like, I know this kid. The kid lives with me. I know what I have to do to motivate him to get back out there. So I, I think that him, Drysdale being painted as this big bad wolf lately is a little bit much because I do believe that he has an intimate relationship with Max and knows him much better than any of us and knows what it takes to get him to do what he's obviously uh, capable of doing. You know, he's a very tough kid, very highly touted prospect. But I also believe that Mark Smith and, and the commission did a fantastic job giving the kid the out if his coach wasn't going to provide it for him like he was asking. for. So let me ask you this. Do you agree with Drysdale not calling off the fight? In other words, if you were cornering that fighter, and you've cornered people before plenty of times, 
and that exact same scenario happens. Fighter tells you nine times, I want out in addition to other times. Are you calling the fight or are you doing what Drysdale did? I think initially I would probably do exactly what Drysdale did. I'd be initially, like, but in the end. In the end, I, I mean, I might, I might start, you know, when we're for at, at 15 seconds in and the guy's like, I don't want to do this no more. I'm hoping that in another 30 seconds of rest, he's, he's ready to go. So I'm trying to lead him down the path, but 45, 50 seconds in, and I'm having to get that kid off the stool. I probably would, I'd probably give him what he wanted. If I'm being honest. I mean, I've had kids wrestling where, you know, I had a situation this year where a kid jammed up an elbow right before the league, uh, the state tournament. And, uh, I tried to get him to wrestle up until Wednesday. I, I, I kept asking him to wrestle. So I, I think that as a coach, you try to make these decisions so that your athlete doesn't have to lay in bed the next day going, Oh, I shouldn't have did that. Because guess who's going to suffer from this more than anybody? You know who, right? Yeah. Max. Max. Yeah. Bad. And also, I feel like because he he did that, he opened a door that's now available. You never give you that you never give yourself that option as an athlete to to to. to I mean, I don't I don't like using the word quit, man, because I don't want to say the kid quit, but he stopped his own fight, mm. and he's the one that's ultimately going to suffer from this more than anybody. You never want to open that door for that to be an option. So maybe at about 45, 50 seconds, I would have said, okay, well, I'm not going to send this kid back out there, but I would have did what Robert did early. I would have thought, I would have kept saying, man, you got to get out there. You got, cause you know that, um, that it's going to, he's going to have to deal with, and I can deal with that. I, I, I can, I can talk about this very well because I was there at the Olympic games in 08. I'm in that hospital. Coach Schmidt calls me in the 23rd hour going, Hey, you got to go wrestle DC. You understand how big this is going to be down the line for you. You understand how, if you don't go out there on that mat, how bad this will be. And I wanted to go wrestle. Eventually they told me I couldn't, but I felt it in him when he was saying, you got to get up D because I could hear the concern in his voice telling me what the consequences to that action was going to be. And I think that's what Robert was trying to do for, for Max. And and those are obviously very fair comparisons and, and great analogies. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about this so much. But with all due respect, isn't there something different about trying to convince someone on a Wednesday to compete on Saturday or trying to convince someone 24 hours or 36 hours before to compete, you know, the next day, as opposed to in between rounds, when you're literally seconds away from walking in there against a guy who's very fresh, you're exhausted and he can knock you out brutally, right? Like in that moment, that one minute, the guy's telling you, I want out. Obviously, he has to deal with the consequences, but don't you have to listen to him at that point? See, a lot of people said to me, DC, a lot of fighters said to me, a lot of fans said to me, yeah, spoken like a true non-fighter. What do you know about fighting? You're a weakling, all this stuff. Well, guess what? I'm not a fighter. Everyone knows that, but I know to listen to people. And I believe if someone tells you, especially a fighter in the midst of a fight nine times that he wants to be out, that he can't do it anymore, you should listen to that guy. Now, if he says to you, coach, I don't know if I got any more in me, man. I, I'm exhausted. I don't know if I could do this. No, you could do this. You could do this. Start believing. Let's go. Do X, Y, and Z. Give me a minute. Let's start the round this way. Let's level change this. Go for a takedown. You can do this. You're a better wrestler than this guy. Do X, Y, and Z for me. And if in a minute things don't start turning your way, 
I'll call the fight. But he didn't do any of that. He said, come on, champ, let's go. You got this. Come on, champ, let's go. Okay, after 30 seconds of that, it's very clear the guy wants out to the point where he has to start whispering because he knows that he's about to be embarrassed and called and labeled a quitter for the rest of his life. That's unfair. Not only did he fail to protect his health and safety, I think he failed to protect his reputation because now the kid is being, if they would have had a quiet conversation, maybe no one picks up on this. But There is no quiet die. conversation. There's a microphone that gets picked up. There's no fans to drown it out. If there, if there were fans in the arena, you may never have heard that conversation unless they got into that corner uh, very specifically, but because of the circumstances under which they're fighting, there was no quiet conversation. I believe the kid, the kid was hoping the coach would save him. But sometimes, yeah. man, like, and 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 this is me, like talking as a coach. Sometimes you got to send that guy out there to go answer those tough questions. I mean, there are a lot of times where you got to answer a lot of tough questions about yourself as a fighter. And Robert Drysdale, as a guy that fought and that did jiu-jitsu at the highest level, knows about answering those questions. And I think he wanted to send Max out there to answer those questions. I just think that some of these situations are just so different. Like, I was way on board with stopping the uh Anthony Smith fight because he was getting tore up. I wanted Felicia Spencer's fight to get stopped. And I know she wasn't getting uh just bludgeoned like Anthony was, but... I thought that it was very clear that she wasn't winning. But watching that fight in between rounds, thinking that it was one-to-one, I thought he should have went back out there. And I'm not trying to cast judgment on him. But ultimately, I was happy the fight was stopped because that's what he wanted. And, you know, you leave those questions for him to answer. But there was a moment there where where he could have answered some really tough questions about himself. And uh, if he would have went out there and and he would have lost still – he would have felt he would have felt pretty good about getting out there and getting through that. And I understand it was short notice, and you know there are a lot of built-in reasons why Max Roshkov didn't fight to the best of his ability. But I, I know what Robert was trying to do. He wanted his athlete to answer some tough questions, and we all got to answer tough questions. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not advocating, like, of course coaches are there to motivate and they're, they're there to galvanize and to inspire. I'm not advocating that every time someone wants out, you pull the plug. You know, the guy says it once. All right, fine. You try to, you try to convince them otherwise. Same with any other sport. Of course, this is a much more dangerous sport. But what I'm saying is if a guy says it that many times, yeah, that I, no, I clearly, hear you. And that adamantly, like we had a situation two years ago, Raquel Pennington in a title fight. This was the first fight of the night, the Austin Hubbard fight, right? First fight of the night, 12 and 12 the kid is making. This is Raquel Pennington in a title fight against Amanda Nunes, who coincidentally fought on the same card Saturday night. And she said, I'm done to her coach. You remember that going into the fifth? She said, I'm done. I'm done. He's like, no way. You're not done. And they trotted her out there. And what happened? She got TKO'd in the fifth. I just feel like if someone says, and, and, and look, she's not labeled a quitter. Hardly anyone even remembers that, right? Yeah, her, because, her reputation because was Because she went out there. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, unfortunately, that's the way things, it, that's the way it is. She went out there. Uh, I just think, for me, ultimately, I just think it's about answering the tough questions. And if there's a time in Max Roshkoff's life where he had to answer those types of questions and he didn't, now it's shown itself in his brand new career. Right. Cause before everything was smooth sailing and that was probably the first adversity he had to deal with in a fight. And, um, it didn't go in the way that it, it, he probably would have hoped for. And look, man, I like Max because Max is friends with Jake Casper, one of my really good buddies. But, um, I just think that I, you just cannot let that be an option in fighting. 
Okay, so you brought up the Anthony Smith situation, and there are similarities, but there is also differences. Anthony Smith, he's getting beat up, and we're all saying, hey, coach, corner, throw in the towel. Hey, referee, stop the fight. They don't. We come to find out that Anthony has a deal with his corner yeah, where he told sure. him, I will fire you if you stop yeah. the fight, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't agree with that deal personally. But that's his. I, that's his That's his deal to make, you know? But, but here's my stance on it. Let me know if you feel otherwise. And, and I just want to make clear, I don't think this situation is the same as Anthony's. There's one similarity here, the similarity being both corners didn't stop the fight. But the situation is different because he has that deal with his corner. I don't feel like if you walk into a fight, the power should be in the hands of your corner. They're the ones who are able to see things clearly, right? Why is it in boxing, the biggest boxing match of the past five years, Wilder Fury, was stopped by a corner, right? Why is it in boxing... Are, are the cornermen empowered to do this? But in our sport, it's so controversial. It's looked down upon. It's frowned upon. You're labeled as this, that, and the other. Why is it that in that sport, it's okay, but in our sport, it's viewed as so taboo? I don't get it. I don't, I don't even think that it's okay because Deontay Wilder fired the coach. Well, he said he was going to, but as of right now, he hasn't. I think and he's, you see rid of, he's getting rid of the But like, even that though, right? Like if it was okay, that wouldn't be a question because I'm sure the coach has been with Deontay for ever. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's maybe it's not often, acceptable. Right? Buddy McGirt does it all the time. Like, you see it yeah, often. It is. It, and it's it's much more acceptable. And like you said, in the biggest fight, the guy did it because he cared about his athlete. But even then, like, the athlete is now saying that he's going to get rid of him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, it's like, I think that fighters do need to be protected, you know, protected from themselves at times. But I don't know. I just think that guys are tough. They're tough guys. And I just know that if I was getting dominated um, to that effect, I would hope that my coaches would uh, step in there for me. And I'd be okay with it. I think I would have to be because ultimately it's my long-term, uh, my long-term health that is at, at stake. And I would hope, but I don't think that I would ever give them the impression that I don't want to continue fighting in any way, shape, or form. And also, I, I hope that I'm – I don't know. I've just never really found myself in that position. When I got beat, I got beat, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's a very, very difficult situation. And I just think that the blame isn't all on coach there. I think both of them got to take some, some, some responsibility for what happened Saturday. You know, there's a point where Coach Drysdale should have said, okay, Max, I got you. There's also a point where you got to get off the stool and go answer those hard questions about yourself. For sure. And he took the fight on five days notice and apparently had turf toe. And hey, if if you weren't ready for it, you shouldn't have taken the fight, right? And I understand it's tough. You What's that? You signed on the dotted line. Oh, exactly. That's why I'm agreeing with you here. I'm agreeing that part of the blame in general about the performance should be on Max as well. On everybody, yeah. Brian Butler, Max Holloway, like everybody. Or not, I'm sorry, Max, not Max Holloway. Um, Roscoe. I'm yeah. just thinking about Holloway because I, I still want Holloway. Holloway's been calling me out. I still got to kick Holloway's butt, but Max Roscoff, you know, yeah, the blame, so, there's a lot of blame to go around. So one, a byproduct of this that really upset me is that everyone's talking afterwards about him getting cut. And it sounded, they haven't officially made that decision, but it sounds like he might not have a future in the UFC. Now, to me, this is very dangerous because the kid takes the fight on five days notice, good performance or not. If you're taking a fight on such short notice and you want out, all right, maybe they have less confidence in you, but now you're setting the precedent where no one 
will feel comfortable saying they want out because they'll be afraid that they got cut. Like, don't you think you take a fight on short notice, you deserve at least a second chance with a full training camp? Why are you hearing this, though, that they're going to cut this kid? Like, I mean, I I just don't think for a second that I don't think they would cut this kid. I have talked to his team, and there are discussions about whether or not he has a future in the UFC. And and Dana White has even – he alluded to that in the press conference that perhaps he doesn't have a home in the UFC. Now, like I said, he didn't come out and say it. I can't even believe this is a question. I can't even believe this is a discussion. You don't want to see, you don't want to see that, right? From a young kid, especially so, hey, five fights in the UFC, that's early, right? So maybe the guy would have to go out and maybe he would have to go out and, and, and get more experience, get himself ready for that level. But I, I think when you do that, you essentially say, I'm not ready for this level of fighting right now. You understand? Like, I think by ending the fight in the way that he did, he may be saying that he's not ready right now, but I, I doubt they'll cut him. I, I think he'll get another chance to fight. I think people that are fighting right now in the middle of this quarantine and everything are, I mean, are we even quarantined anymore? Is that still a thing? Like, I mean, I, is still a thing? <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking, like, are we even in quarantine anymore? Like, but, uh, Pandemic. How about this pandemic? While we're in the midst of this pandemic, I think guys are going to get second chances to fight. But I tell you one thing, if, if I'm running the UFC, I'm looking at Max Roscoff very carefully. And you're looking in that at that next performance, making sure you don't see any of those types. But again, the scary thing about that is Max has now given himself that as an option. And that's bad. So No, he has to live with this. And, and I wish it didn't come to that because other people have been – other look, other people have asked out, and I don't think that they are labeled a, a a quitter. Like I said, Raquel Pennington. Now I know she went out and fought, but still, she wanted to do it. And the difference is that she was in Brazil. Maybe no one heard her say whatever the case may be. Um, and of course, I know Roberto Duran back in the day. No mas, you know, his whole life changed. No, what happened that, to him? Right? His whole life yeah. changed. His whole life changed. No, I get it. Why? I I just don't understand why there's a stigma, a negative stigma attached to it. Like I get you I guys. Think, are the like, most- I just think, but it's it's hard. Like it's hard for you to understand, and it's hard for me to explain. As a fighter, there's just something. You, you view Max differently now. I don't want to. I don't want to say that because he's a great kid and he's no, a just kid. Be honest. Um. You cannot give yourself that option. I just keep saying that because that's, you cannot give yourself that option. You cannot give yourself the option to not fight. You cannot give yourself the option to miss the weight. You cannot give yourself that option because once it's an option, it, it becomes easier and easier to do it repeatedly. Um, that's why you see certain people with, with issues with weight over and over again because it's an option and it's been an option. You know, you don't, you don't, that's why you see guys like when they get finished in fights, it's always the same way. Like you watch certain guys get finished. Look at some of these guys, man. They get finished in fights. And when they get finished in fights, it's always the exact same posture. Mm. Just a different form of quitting. You understand what I'm saying? They go out there and they pretend and they get beat and then they fall down the same way. Like if you're falling down the same way, you're acting. He just didn't act and unfortunately that's going to stick with him young so in, kid in conclusion would it be fair to say you don't you don't think that max should have asked out he i don't finish the fight but at the same but i do believe that see and it's i know it sounds like i'm speaking out both sides in my mouth right i don't think as an athlete he should have asked out but i think when he did and he made that decision and determination on that many occasions maybe his coach should have listened to him 
maybe, or he just should have. He should have, but you know, dude, like you're, it's a very weird situation for me right now because what? you don't, I just don't think you should, I don't think you should. I don't you don't think I should comment on it? No, I'm not saying I don't think you should comment wow. on it. I think that I just don't think that you, I just don't know if you quite understand just because it's different. Like I'm, t- I understand what you're saying. You know how to listen, but I'm yeah. thinking like, it's just a different mentality to going into the octagon. And I don't think that I just don't know if you should. So, so wait, so just to make clear, I can't criticize, and I'm not criticizing Max. No, I'm not seeing you. Can, I'm not I can't criticize no. coaches. It's like this whole thing where this holier than thou approach. Where how dare you? How dare? All I'm, I'm saying, saying is, how dare you? I'm not saying how dare you. I'm not saying you can't say. I'm just saying it's hard to understand what I'm feeling in regards to it because you and I are going to see it differently. Sure, sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not saying that you can't speak on it. Of course, that's your job. This is why you're in this position. But I just think that you and I will always look at this so much differently. I'll say this. If you show it to someone, if you show that clip to someone who no, knows nothing about fighting, They'll right? always say, stop the fight. Right. They'll always say, stop the fight. But a lot like me and a lot of people, Michael Bisping and Dominic Cruz, like most of us won't. You know what I'm saying? Like most and of us. that's what us, makes you special. That's what makes us uh, – that's what makes us – that's what allows us to go in there and do what we've done and have the success that we've had. And and you guys would also never say what Max said. No, that's exactly that's right. The, so it's like it's a foreign. It's a bit of a foreign. Well, that's thing. the thing. So then maybe you should save the kid from himself, and if he wants out, he shouldn't be there. It's a foreign thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you really put me in a bad. Like it's weird, right? Because it's almost like you're making me. It's almost making me like. It's almost making me like almost insult Max, and I don't want to do that. Everybody makes their own decisions, but I just feel for a young kid that's going to have to deal with it for a long time. And I think that I, I think that the coach was in the like you said, they see things clear. And I think in that moment, he was more in tune with what he's going to have to deal with afterwards. Right? What was at stake? And I think that that's why he tried to motivate him to go out and fight. I'll just say this before we move along because uh, we could talk about this for hours. I don't think Robert Drysdale is a bad guy. I don't think he wanted the worst. In fact, I think his intentions were good because he was looking out for him the way in which you're, you're, you're saying. I just think if you say it that many times and you're that clear about it, then, hey, man, we go lift a fight another day. We figure this out and uh, we'll talk about it the, you know, on, on Monday or whatever the case is. So a crazy situation, especially when it's the first fight of the night. How rare is it that we're talking about the first fight of the night more so than the main event, certainly to lead the show, but that's where we're at right now. Before we move along to Curtis Blades, because I want to get your thoughts on what Curtis Blades did and what he said afterwards, let me tell you about our good friends over at Ancestry. And I need your help here, DC, because uh, my neighbor, Ben Weintraub, told me that I mispronounced one of the names here. So let me just ask you when I get to it, okay? Uh, you may be familiar with the major events and battles of World War II, but there are so many more stories to uncover. The skill and bravery of the Tuskegee Airmen. Did I say it correctly? Tuskegee. Dang it. I thought I said Tuskegee the last time. Tuskegee. Tuskegee. I mean, you can say it however you want, but it's okay. Tell Ben to just shut up and pay. Hey, tell Ben thanks for listening. (laughs) Shut up. You're the grammar police. Now let Ariel just do it in the best way that he can. All right. 
Well, they are an all-African-American squad of fighter pilots, a legendary squad of fighter pilots. Great movie as well back in the day. Lawrence Fishburne, the incredible women who trained to become pilots and mechanics, the Japanese-American battalion that became one of the um, most decorated units in American history, despite discrimination against Japanese-Americans at the time. In honor of the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II, Ancestry has just released a U.S. draft card collection from World War II with over 36 million draft cards completed by fighting age men in the United States across the country during that time, whether they ended up serving or not. There's a great chance that you could find your relatives in this collection and it can help you learn more about what their lives were like. Uncover your ancestors' personal details in our World War II U.S. draft collection, which shows details like home address, physical description, and more. Extra points to build on. I just read that and I shouldn't have. Find an... (laughs) <laughs> TST, why you put this here? TST for that. Why would you? That was that was like my Ron Burgundy moment. You Ron Burgundy though, you put it in the prompt of Ariel Reason. Come on, TST. Doesn't even italicize it. Doesn't bold it. Just writes extra points to build on in the middle. I mean, really? <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, come on. Here I am. I'm flowing right now. Let I'm flowing. Let me have the Ancestry.com. First off, yeah. you, can't, you can't pronounce it Tuskegee. <laughs> you can't, you're reading the extra points to build on. Like, Who puts five points? Extra- if they even stay with us after this, yeah. this is just crazy. Find and honor your ancestors who served in World War II. Get a new take on your ancestors' World War II experience. Find the veterans in your family who rose to the occasion when the world needed them most. Discover your untold stories and more. Head to our URL, Ancestry.com slash MMA, to start discovering your story today. That's Ancestry.com slash MMA, as DC yawns during my ad read here. Bro, bro, I'm laughing because I did that before Instagram. Why don't send me something and I just take the copy and paste, and it'll say for DC to post. It'll be like, oh, look like DC copy and paste. You copy and paste. Hey, I did that yesterday to Chael. Chael yesterday asked me to promote his submission underground. And so I said, I'll do it on this, uh, on this condition. If you tweet, Ariel beat me in a sports center debate, but then he included the, if you tweet part in the tweet. (laughs) But then I told him to delete that and rewrite it. Anyway, uh, thank you to ancestry. Now let's talk about heel Curtis blades. Ooh, Curtis Blades goes in there. He beats up Alexander Volkov and he pisses off everyone. And he says, you know what? I'm happy I pissed you guys off. I'm the heel now. He pronounces himself as the heel. Wait, so you, when did this happen? Oh, he said it after the fight. Really? His lip all cut. Yeah, he said, literally, I'm the heel. I'm okay with the criticism. I'm at peace with it. Dana White wasn't happy with the performance. Dana said that he talked a lot of smack before the fight. I didn't really see all that much smack. He put out a tweet which stated, hey, if you guys are looking for a 25-minute stand-up war, you're not going to get it. I'm going to ragdoll this guy. And in the end, that's kind of what he did, at least uh, for the first three rounds. He didn't ragdoll him. Ragdolling him is like some of the things that I've done to people over the course of my life. That's ragdolling. He took him down and he held him down. So you right? he, didn't throw him, he, didn't, he didn't slam him. He didn't do any of that stuff. So I get what, I get, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Look, Curtis is very direct with his approach to fighting. The, the the Junior Dos Santos knockout was an outlier. That's like not normal for Curtis Blades. Normally he takes you down. He tries to pound you out. You know, he beats you at the ground and pound. And he, uh, he wins like that. And he tried that with Alexander Volkov, but he couldn't get um, his, the damage on him because it arranged. So, um, but you know what? I don't think it was, I don't think it was bad. I think what happened was Curtis hit Volkov with a really nice right hand. And Volkov just kind of ate it and went forward. And I think that's when Curtis was like, okay, I'm not striking with this dude at all. 
I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take him down. But wouldn't we be criticizing him right now if he did stand and strike with him for 25 minutes? Like we all knew how that well, fight was gonna go, especially in the smaller cage. The best game plan would be to try to take him down. Well, the small cage is great for wrestlers, right? Exactly. Less place yeah. to run. But uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. But you know what was funny? I I was watching the fight and I watched it early. You know, thinking like, because I I'm, I think very highly of Curtis Blades. I think at some point. He's going to be in the UFC heavyweight championship fight. He might become the champion. Um, I just remember being excited about watching him in Volkov. And then five seconds in when he took him down, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these fights. Hmm. But there were moments. There were moments where we, Volkov might have took him down a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Curtis landed some good shots on the feet. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's just hard, man, when you have a Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos right before, and then right. those big guys go out there and, you know, they're not as fast. They're kind of lumbering. They're big and they're just wrestling the whole time. You know, it's, it's, uh, I think it was part of the reason the fight had that negative feel to it was, was because of what we had just watched. Shane and, and Josh should have been the main event. I would have taken two more you rounds know, of that, that. Danny Rubenstein told me that. He said that's why heavyweight shouldn't be main events. You should have put those two as the main event. Well, you can't always say that. That's what he, but that's what Danny Rubenstein said. He just thinks that a lot of times when the heavyweight, especially after you put something like that as the co-main, it's right. hard for him to follow. And by the way, Danny Rubenstein, longtime friend of yours and a manager right now. I don't know if everyone knows him as, you know. Well, just I'm just saying, person. Danny and I, you know, I'm talking to you right now. You know? Yeah, we're doing a show also. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I it is kind of weird that there's a camera that always appears behind your shoulder that I keep seeing pop up. Yeah. Does this mean that my tweets are going to make the broadcast too now? Your tweets will never make the broadcast. Uh, Every just, time it's on there, I'm like, yo, don't put Ariel. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I've been working as a double agent. I hit the talk button to the, to the back. Ariel, just tweet it. Please don't use yeah. it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep saying this is the summer of DC, but now I'm starting to feel like between Countdown, the potential tweets, this could be the summer of Ariel too. Oh, you're back. You might be back. I mean, you just, oh, and first off, I would be, you know, a bad friend if I yes. didn't mention that I noticed you're wearing a different shirt today. I, I, I was wearing a power show. I saw it, dog. Nice powder blue power shirt. That's I mean, right. I'm like, good job, dude. You changed it up a little bit. So it's like, so it's like every day you wear that flannel shirt. So it's like, you know, Ariel's going to grocery store. Sunday best. Dude's going to church. You know, you got That's your nice right. shirt on looking good. Or synagogue, whatever, dude. you know, same thing. Wait. It's called Seneca. <laughs> that no, color Sin- shirt's called Seneca. No, no, no. You said church. I don't go to church. I'm Jewish. I go to a synagogue. Oh, synagogue. I thought you said oh, or Seneca, like the shirt color Seneca. No, no, no. You know what a synagogue is, right? I do know what it. Oh, it's your church. It's well, a yeah, it's our temple. Have you ever been to a synagogue? No. Wow. That sorry, hurts. bro. I haven't been to a synagogue. I've been to church. I've been to church my whole life. You've been to a church? Yes. Really? Yeah, they're like great. I love churches. Church? They're beautiful. Catholic um, church? I think Christian. Mm. Okay. Let's not talk about this, okay? Let's not talk okay, about this. Okay, that's I wonder how many synagogues there are in Lafayette, Louisiana. A lot of things like religion? No. Let's not talk about religion. I love all religions. I love you, my Jewish brother, as you love okay. me, you know, but like, let's just not talk about, you know, let's just not talk about religion on the show. You know, I just think that we should talk about something. All right, fair enough. Um, anyway, back to Curtis Blades. Obviously, he lost to Francis twice, so that that fight's not going to happen. It sounds like Francis is going to wait to see what happens with your fight. 
I was suggesting, let's see Curtis fight the winner of, because he's won four in a row, as has Francis, but of course Francis is ahead of him. Yep. Maybe the winner of Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek, which I reported last week, that's going to headline the week before your fight, August 8th. By the way, are you surprised Derek Lewis is taking that fight? Why would I be? No, I think Derek, I mean, if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm fighting Alexi, right? Because Alexi fights well, but I just think back to Alexi and Walt Harris, a big, powerful puncher that can put him out, you know? So if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm taking that fight. I'm going out there trying to knock him out. Because you beat Alexi Olenek after the win over Verdum and the way that he's looked lately, um, he's right back where he 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 was, you know? And dude has a win over Francis Ngannou, you know? So, like, Derek can start, you know, has Derek Derek hasn't lost since I beat him, right? He beat he beat uh no he lost to Gino Santos. Yes. But he, he beat Bagoy and just who recently. else? Um who do you have just re- uh what's his name? Alir Latifi. He beat Latifi, right? So like some people thought he lost that fight actually. I did, I I know it was very close. But yeah. now he'd be winning three in a row. He beats Olenek, and you know, he can start to say, Well, I'm getting right back in the position to have a big fight. Lewis versus Blades would be fun. I think it's the same type of fight, though. Mm. It's just the same type of fight as the one that we just saw last weekend. There aren't many guys that can make Curtis Blades stand with him. Okay, and, what about Olenek? Olenek and Blades have fought before, but it ended controversially at 217 in Madison Square Garden. I don't know. I, I mean, I think Curtis Blades might be in a position where he might have to wait because who else is he going to fight? Well, he's I mean, not going to wait. He's not going to wait for the winner of your fight and then the winner of Francis. And no, he's got to – well, he's going to have to fight, but – you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird spot for him right now. Maybe yeah. he's, uh, he's not to fight somebody beneath him because he's just he's running out of options. If you're Francis, do you fight him just to stay busy? I only fight him if uh, I, you know, when I win and then retire and then the belt's just up and vacant. Then he uh, he fights Curtis for the, maybe the uh, vacant title. Oh, okay, only for the belt. Yeah, I don't fight him again if not. Why? Knocked him out twice. Yeah, but I mean, there's a good ch- like you win that fight on August 15th. The belt is vacant. They might just put Stipe back in the title fight. He should be. Stipe should be back in the title fight. Yeah, because even though I'll have beaten him twice, he still, you know, had more title defenses than any UFC champion. So I, I want to see Stipe Francis too. Well, you're gonna have to wait until you see me beat him for the third. Well, that's time. what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying, yeah. I'm saying, like, down the line. Jeez, don't get all defensive yeah, on I'm getting, me. I'm getting very defensive. Yeah. Good for instance, too. Like, Stipe has a chance to win the fight. He's no, not. no. I'm saying once you vacate the title, he's going to have to fight for the belt against Francis. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever. He's going to need some time to recover once. Because <laughs> I'm serious. Because I'm serious. I'm really serious this time. Like, I'm not playing. I hear you. Uh, that's a good transition for us because Dana said on Saturday night, Dana White said that the fight is happening at the apex. So last week I broke the news, uh, California, Arizona. It sounds like those states aren't available anymore. Now it's the apex. You like this? I love what? It's the apex. Smaller cage? That old leg going to be right in front of me to grab. I'll be like Curtis Blades. Hey, if you want to see a 25-minute stand-up fight, that's not what you're getting. <laughs> Don't I say that. Stupid. Everyone will I hate hope you. Stipe has his wrestling shoes because with the small cage, single leg, single leg, single leg, single leg, wrestling. It is what it is. Sorry, it is what it is. Ari, is there a case to be made though? The first two fights from the big cage, heavyweight title fights, should be in the official thirty foot cage. Does this does this make it less official? 
Are you out of your mind? I'm this just, makes I'm it just, less. I mean, you said makes it less official. No. Yes. I'm playing devil's advocate. We're not going to fight for the heavyweight championship. We can fight on the beach somewhere. It's still going to be an official heavyweight championship fight. Um, man, I just think that it's the world we live in today. I mean, would you rather not have the fights? No, of course. It's like that's the world we live in. We got to fight where we're supposed to fight. So, um, man, it is what it is. Big cage, small cage. I'm just going to do my thing. Like, he was he's not happy about this. He was, huh? He's not happy about it. It doesn't matter because I'm going to take him down. Like, I'm going to go and wrestle him. Sorry. That's what it is. I've been running a lot, too. Oh, I've been wrestling so much and running and wrestling. It feels good to be able to wrestle. Like, last time I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't train wrestling because my back was so messed up. And Habib told me, because Habib had the same surgery that I had on his back. Mm. He goes, after one year, brother, you will start to feel better. And I was like, ah, man, I don't know because I was in a lot of pain. But you got to think. I fought Stipe eight months after my back surgery, but I had to start training five months post-surgery right. to fight this dude. I couldn't wrestle. Now I can get in my stance. I can wrestle. I'm hitting single legs. I might do a technique video. I, might, I mean, I'm wrestling so much, I might as well do a technique video for the fight. I feel like you feel so good right now, you're going to tack on a couple more years to that career. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to run me back in there. You just look at this dude right here, man. Why can't you? Hey, dog. No, you trying to push me back in there because here's the thing, right? Yes. And I want to be completely serious about this. Okay. Everybody wants that 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 moment, right, to be able to go out on top. But if you keep chasing it, eventually yeah. somebody's gonna get you. So, no, I want this. I want this. It doesn't get bigger. Right? A trilogy fight for the heavyweight championship of the world. What more could I possibly be chasing? No, I know. I, I would be all in favor. I mean, there's, there's nothing more. People could bring up the Jones fight one more time, but like, what's the point? You win as the heavyweight champion. Who could, who could say that? I mean, very few people can walk away. GSP did it, right? And that's pretty much it. Lennox Lewis, you'd be up there with Lennox Lewis. He walked away as heavyweight champion. The great Lennox Lewis. I believe that. I'd be up there with Lennox. Canadian Olympic hero. Okay, he's not, man. He's from England somewhere. He's from England. He won a medal for Canada. But he's from England. 1988. Yeah, listen. We accepted him. They didn't. Um, I'll, I'll, okay, so for people that don't realize, and, and maybe I said this last week, I don't know. I mean, I do so many shows these days, it's hard to keep track, you know? They it's, got so a light- <laughs> it's so crazy. They have a lighting grid that's for the 25-foot cage, and that's why they can't have the 30. They have the space. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible Stipe might flex his muscles and tell them put in a new lighting grid? How would you feel about that? You know, he could. He could. You know, he's the heavyweight champ of the world, but they won't change anything. 25 foot, 30 foot, it doesn't matter. All UFC is big and new. UFC heavyweight champ, two-time UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Daniel Cormier. That's it. That's what's happening on August 15th, and that's all that matters to me. Have they like have they brought it up to you? I don't know if ESPN or anyone. Like, do you feel like I should be there? Well, I've been pining for. I mean, I've been asking, man. I need you to be in media for this. Like, look, some people get to go on the floor. Some people are outside. Maybe you go outside. I don't know if you get into the actual arena. Yeah. Like, but I just need you there. I need you there as my my comfort bear. You know, how some kids have like a, a support dog, and they have the little bear, the teddy bear. I need my teddy Ariel. Never miss the title fight of yours. Huh? I never missed a title fight of yours. I can't remember the last fight I missed, period. Everyone. Everyone. I'll make a call today. I'll make a call. That day, hey, 
being the corporate champion yeah. has some perks. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna make a list. I'll make a call today. You think, imagine I get to I, for one night only get to do like the backstage interviews again. One I, night I, only. I, I think you're asking for too much. <laughs> it seems like every time I try to give you a little bit of rope, you want to be freaking John Wayne. One night it's only. Like, hey, I give you like a little piece of string, you turn into John Wayne. You're roping, you're riding your horse. Like, come on, man. No, I, I wouldn't that be great? Maybe I, not, maybe I can get it away to where you can interview me after I win the heavyweight. Well, that's what I'll, that's all I care about. What do I care about anything else? I don't care about anything that's, else. That, okay, can that, you imagine afterwards you win the fight, they forego the scene where it's like the split screen, you and Rogan probably. No, no, I don't want to do that. I have to do that. Oh, okay. I'm actually going to go to the commentary table next to Joe and do my interview. Oh, Yo, we did it, baby. Cause, cause I'm out, right? I'm out after that. You know, uh, you're going to suspend me. Okay. I'm out. You know, y'all did. No, I'm kidding. I ain't. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's. Just, have you thought of this? Like, you take the belt. Usually, when you retire, right, you take the gloves off and everything. Will I'm you not, leave I'm the not, belt? Listen, listen, I take the belt. Yeah. I do my thing, and I go home, and I talk. I think about everything. You know? Oh, but aren't, what, do you, what is there to think about? Like, how do I give the belt back? You know, I really want this new belt. You know, right, like, right. You know, but but I, you know, I think that I think that we just gotta like get through the fight. Okay, fair, fair. That's I don't what wanna... I. Put the cart before the horse. A lot of people told me last week they really started to sense a change in your mood, like in your you weren't as fun loving. I was like, oh, just you know, just wait till end of July, early August. Different guy. I mean, he's going to be no nonsense. I'm pretty nice today. Yeah, but they're starting. And I came out like I was like it was like a minus one ten and minus one ten. That's crazy. It's almost like we both want to fight, even, even money. What's it at now? Or is it the same? Did you check? Okay, I could check. I mean, I wasn't prepared for this. You were kind of throwing it. What out. are the odds on our fight? Uh, the odds on our I've gotta fight. Be a, I've got to be a big underdog now at this point, right? And currently, Daniel is a minus 125 favorite. Ooh. Thank you, Corporate Jake. How do you feel about that? And what is Stipe? Plus 105. Oh, how about it? So the line has changed. See that? Remember this flex? That's that yeah. whole. <sighs> There's gonna be the hand right here. Just the one. That's the one. Oh, is that what you're predicting officially? One punch. No, one punch. Oop! Grab the leg. It's like it's like. Hey, punch! Grab the leg. That's the that's the way to go. Is that the one that can't fully close properly, or is that? Hey man, shut up with uh, the hand, dog. Why do you keep going back to that? Why do you keep going back to my hand not being able to go back? I'm concerned. I notice you hey, yo, like Chubbs. Is his name Chubbs? Stop stop happy Gilmore with the. Hey, stop doing it. Stop. <laughs> there it is. Stop. <laughs> hey, yo, stop, dog. Look, stop. Okay. Put my finger. You see that? All right, now it's time to give a shout out to our good friends over at Modelo. Modelo? Yeah. Do we have the music? Corporate Jake, we spoke about this. Do we have the music? <laughs> oh no! Hey, you're good. <laughs> Brewed for those of the fighting spirit. Modelo is the official beer of the UFC and partners with UFC double champ Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes had a choice. She could grow up in the slums of Brazil. Ah, here. <laughs> 
she could become a champion and be an inspiration for her country. And she chose champion. She's got the fighting spirit, which means never giving up. And that means when you never give up, even when the odds are against you. Great fighters are like great beers. It doesn't matter where you come from. You could come from Lafayette, Louisiana. You could come from Bahia, Brazil. You love saying Bahia, huh? I do, I do. I... Say for me. Oh, oh yeah. Your thing just got frozen. We'll fight through that. Uh, it matters what you're made of. Modelo has been the gold standard since 1925. Modelo is a crisp Pilsner style lager that set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. Modelo uses premium hops uh, to give the golden lager its crisp taste. So, the next time you're tuning into a UFC fight, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner, Modelo. Modelo Especial. Rude for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported. Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Have we lost DC? Oh, he's back. There he is. What happened to you? I don't know. <laughs> Thank God. I started to slow down a little bit on my reeks. So I was like, I, I, I think I lost the guy. Hey, Jake, are we still good here or what? No. No, what happened? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, okay. I have no idea what happened. I was actually just thinking this morning, man, we do this show from home, like internet, all that stuff. Thank God it's never crapped out on us. And it almost just crapped out on us. Bro, because guess what? Tiago's playing PlayStation. Daniel's playing Xbox. Tyler's on his computer. Rosendo's watching Netflix. I, I mean, it's too much. They give me, give my wife's watching YouTube TV. Everybody's on the internet right now. Can you give us an hour? I mean, come on, guys. I'm just trying to pay bills here. I'm just trying to pay the bills here. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, I'm glad you're back. Uh, can I ask you about Amanda Nunes since I just mentioned her? You think mm-hmm. she's going to retire? What do you think of these comments? I mean, I don't know, man. I think she's just thinking out loud. I don't think yeah. she's going anywhere. I mean, why would you? You know, when you're dominating in this way, especially with the people that are – the way that she separated herself from the divisions, she could do this like – forever you know just as chris cyborg can you know she's been dominating people like when you're dominating the way that you dominate you you might as well just keep fighting you know there's not that it just doesn't seem like there's that much risk because she's so talented and so good she's gonna keep fighting the thing is also she's gonna she's gonna become a mom in september she's got some time off we talked about this a couple weeks ago she doesn't have it's not like they're asking her to come back tomorrow Mm -mm. she probably is looking around and saying hey there's not much else out there and i get that but i like if people i've seen people try to lump her in there with masvidal jones connor like she doesn't seem unhappy with the ufc she was just saying there's not much out there for me and guess what she's right but in my opinion dc she's living the dream imagine being a champion in two weight classes you get to beat up people who are inferior and get paid a lot of money to do it and not yeah. get hurt isn't that the dream of all prize fighters like i know you want to be pushed and you want to rival but this is a pretty good spot to be in it's she's living the dream man just smashing people for 25 minutes if they can last but but i think that um, she's not like everybody else. She's a master star. She can beat anybody in the world. And I believe she's going to continue to fight. But I think the reason she's like saying that is she does need time, right? She's going to become a mom and she needs time, but she understands that as long as there are shows in the United States, they're going to need champions to fight. And mm-hmm. sooner than later, Amanda Nunes is probably going to get a call about fighting because there just aren't as many people. But I believe that, and I don't know if this is something in, in a deal with the company or, or anything, but um, there are guys that could fight where a title doesn't have to be on the line. I think that's probably what we're going to have to see soon with uh, with only being able to use American fighters. 
Okay, there's a main event on August 1st, Holly Holm against Irene Aldana. If Aldana wins that fight, if she beats Holly Holm coming off her win over Caitlin Vieira, she 100% deserves a 135-pound title fight, right? I, I mean, there, there's a contender right there for you. Oh, no. DC's situation is getting dire here. His people are they're hanging us out to dry. What's going on? Anyway. Uh, that fight is happening. I'll just kill some time before he comes back. That fight is happening on August 1st. Irene Aldana could, against... Could you step in that room right there and see if Tiago's off of... Uh, <laughs> oh, tell him to get off of the, yeah, off of the Wi-Fi. Like, hey, and I feel like that Wi-Fi. fight should determine the number one contender. DC, I hear you, by the way, but I don't see you. I think you uh, I think you just you bounced on me or something. Maybe you can't hear me. Anyway, in the meantime, I'll go over some of the uh, Abu Dhabi fights that were announced. Yes, and I will do that as well, Corporate Jake. But let me go over these Abu Dhabi fights that were announced uh, last week because I wanted to ask Mr. DC. Daniel! <laughs> you got to turn the game off for a little bit. DC, we see you. Turn the game off. I, mean, you guys, sorry, I, I can't. My stuff's pausing. We hear you. He can't hear us. Oh. Um, all right, so these were the fights that were announced next month before I get to what's coming up this weekend. Uh, we've got... UFC 251, of course, you know about that. Kamaru Usman against Gilbert Burns. Three title fights on the card. Usman Burns for the welterweight title. Volkanovski Holloway. Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas. Amanda Hibas versus Paige Van Zandt. Oh, thanks for joining us, Daniel. Bro, I, I was just... Bro, I don't know what's going on, man. I told her, I'm like, yo, guys, get off the internet. Like, this is crazy. I was just holding down the fort here for you. Don't worry about it, you know? It, man. Thank you, you know, man. When the going You're gets man, tough, Helwani gets going, you know? <laughs> Uh, I was just going down the fights that were announced for the uh, Abu Dhabi cards next month. Fight Island. Fight Island. Stop it with the fight Call Island. It fight no, Island. Fight Call Island. it Fight Island. Don't be a nope. hater. Call it Fight Island. Calvin Cater against Dan Ige on July 15th. You got Davison Figueredo against Joseph Benavidez, too, on July 18th. And then Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. Of all these fights, which one are you look, looking forward to the most? We got Gustafson Verdum, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He's finally going to make his heavyweight debut, Gustafson. Any one of these fights really gets your uh, your blood boiling, your juices flowing? Yeah, very excited. Usman, Usman versus uh, Burns. I'm very excited oh, about that That's one. the easiest one to pick. Yeah, it's a, I'm very excited about that one. I'm very excited about watching Rose and uh, Jessica rematch. That's a mm-hmm. big-time fight. I'm excited about that one because I remember calling that fight and seeing how fun it was for as – Short as it was, uh, Till versus Whitaker is going to be amazing. Uh, watching Darren Till fight a former champion, seeing if at that weight class he is really uh, a true contender. Beat Robert Whitaker, he's he, he's right there on the verge of a championship fight. Um, just all great fights, and and I think that um, you know the location uh, makes it even better. You know, oh, fight. Here we go. I mean, you talk about dropping the ball. This guy comes out swinging earlier today, and you talk about dropping the ball with his Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> he is going to hear it from me on doing this it again. one. All right. Well, thank you for that great insight, DC. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. I mean, this is amazing. Maybe you shouldn't have everyone using the Xbox and the the YouTube TV and the Netflix and the God knows what else is going on over there. Um, this you weekend, can you we've see got me? Dustin. Can you see me? I, I can see you. Yeah, you're a little choppy. I mean, you're there. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Hey, dog, stop, you- Ariel, stop trying to paint me as the guy with bad internet. You're trying to paint me as the guy with bad internet. 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I had to do any painting. I feel <laughs> like the uh, the proof is in the pudding here. It may uh, be, this... Maybe, maybe I can um, put that in this new contract offer. Be nice. <laughs> My counter, maybe I can be like, hey, guys, can I get some real internet out here? Would be nice. I mean, Lord knows your phone doesn't work. Every time you do a, a radio hit, it's... Hey, we're being joined by DC of DC and Hawani fame. DC, what do you think of the Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker fight this weekend? Well, I think it's. I, I mean, it's you're really good at that. Uh, but that is a big fight this Saturday, June 27th, so Apex. Your boy, the Prince of Lafayette, Dustin Poirier. <laughs> it's so good. It, so it has a nice Dan ring Hooker. to it. Yes. It has a nice ring. I'm excited about this fight, man. Uh, Dan Hooker has been on a roll and, you know, Dustin is one of the most talented guys in this entire division and a fighter's fighter. You know, Poirier is a guy that has fought for everything that he's ever got in his life. And Dan Hooker feels a win over Dustin Poirier puts him on a short list of guys that should be fighting for a title. And plus this fight is guaranteed to deliver, right? We knew that when, um, uh, Josh Emmett and Shane Burgos were scheduled. That was going to be insane. We knew there was a fight on Amanda Nunez's card uh, that was like that too. I can't remember the, the, which fight it was, but I think it was the first fight of the night that just went nuts. You know, it was like, uh, you know, certain fights are going to be those types of fights. And I believe that Poirier versus Hooker is one of those fights. Tremendous fight. Uh, five rounds, potential fight of the year contender. Um, potential title implications, not in the sense that Poirier is going to jump the queue, but hey, maybe maybe Connor finds his opponent here. Maybe he mm-hmm. sees Poirier look great and says, "Hey, I want to fight Poirier," or maybe he says, "Hey, Dan Hooker." Maybe Nate Diaz yeah. says, "Hey, I want to fight this." The winner of this fight is going to have a big fight next. A That's all fight. I know. And, right? and honestly, sadly, it, you know, uh, fighting Habib Nurmagomedov is a massive fight, but yeah. those guys win. Hooker or Poirier, and they stand across from Diaz or Connor. That's just as big a fight, mm-hmm. just no belt on the line. But I mean, one fifty-five has long been just this insane division, and and even in those three cases, it just well, Tony Ferguson winner could fight Tony Ferguson, right? Tony's gonna be out for a while, right? I thought Tony was gonna be gone for a little bit. Hey, uh, I mean, he had the broken orbital. Look at Anthony Smith coming back in August after the broken orbital. Isn't that crazy? Anthony Smith coming back so fast. Wait. Anthony Smith is fighting somebody? Yes. He's fighting August 29th against Alexander Rakic after the two broken, uh, the teeth, the teeth falling out, the yeah. broken nose. I asked him, I texted with him. He's like, yeah, I'm Wolverine. I, I recover fast. I'm like, that's a, that's four months later. No, yeah. not four months. That's three months. May that's, to August is three months. Yeah. I don't, I didn't even know that. That's, that's a lot, right? That's fast. That's fast. Yeah. Well. That's why he's got like 60 fights. Doesn't he have like 60 fights in his career? Obviously, that's that's why he fights often. By the way, for more on Poirier and Hooker, watch uh, UFC Destin beginning this Wednesday on ESPN Plus, the platform that I built with my own two hands and off my back. I would and, like uh, to say Detail did a pretty good job of doing that too. Yeah. When's the next Detail? It's coming soon. It's Max okay. Holloway. Oh. Max Holloway, yep. Oh, Max prior Holloway. to uh, 250, uh, 251? Yep. Max Holloway detail because... Uh, See, if I'm Volkanovsky, I'm annoyed at that. I'm the champ. Why are you doing a, a thing on Holloway? Well, so what we did was I was at detail the very first time I went back, and I put a tweet up. I had options, right? This was before Holloway lost his title. 
I said we get no Holloway had lost his belt. I said we could do Max Henry Cejudo or somebody else, and Max won in the landslide. I let the fans vote for an hour, and oh, there wow. were thousands and thousands of votes, and and Max won like seventy percent of the vote. Okay. Um, anyway, Detail comes out this Wednesday. It's a great show where they follow, excuse me, not Detail, Destin. 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 Sorry. See, I'm, I'm so much of a team player here that I want to promote you are, your you stuff. Are. Thank you, Doug. Destin, Wednesday. What's cool about Destin, unlike Embedded, they follow them leading up to the fight, but then they follow them after the fight as well. So you get to see both sides of that coin. Now, as we round third, DC. One quick thing. I have one last detail. Oh. One last detail to do in this season. So why don't you guys tweet me a little bit. Give me some suggestions as to who you guys want to see on the final detail. And don't say John Jones is not happening. So <laughs> sorry, RSPP. I'm not doing it. Why? So, it's my show. I choose. I actually think that, that would be fascinating TV. <laughs> you breaking my, it down? Hey, it's my show. I choose. Shut up. Okay. That's where we're going. I was going to say you doing yourself. Would be fascinating. You breaking down your own stuff? No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that guy. Yeah, I I tell you something. Yeah. Sometimes his fights can be a little boring. Who? Yours? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. I feel like we've done a pretty good job post Anderson Silva of shedding that label. And you're going to stick that label on you going into your swan Man, song. People you are, watch, you know how invested people are in this retirement fight? Did you watch fight? that fight with Anderson Silva? Holy cow. I, I, I had your back the same way I had Max Roshkoff's back. I didn't stab him in the back like you. I had your back. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I knew you would do that to me. I knew you would do that to me. <laughs> Everyone was booing you that night. I said, this guy took a fight on three days notice, was yep, heartbroken. Yep, yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I did take a fight. <laughs> <laughs> You know, three days, and it's just still. Stop putting it out there. No one's going to buy this pay-per-view. We're trying to get – this is your last stand. This is this is phenomenal insight. This is – or yeah, what would I call it? Last dance? Last, last stand. stand? Yeah, my bad. Damn, I ruined that. This is it's your like, last you dance. Made, you've, you've had a few hiccups today. Really? Not oh, as bad as your Wi-Fi. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, you're right. What else you did I like, hiccup? Well, that, that, that Ancestry.com read. Yeah, that was bad. that was bad that was bad anyway this is your last dance this is a big deal we're getting insight imagine this imagine if i pitch something like this to the to the executives we're gonna get a weekly check-in on the challenger going into his heavyweight title fight retirement fight each and every week every monday i mean what we're putting out here from from a psychological standpoint to see what's going on in your brain before you enter this battle is fascinating fascinating I love when you use that word. It's fascinating. Um, okay, one last thing before we go. John Jones, Mike Tyson, you interested in this fight? No. I don't need to see that. You've seen that go back and forth, right? No. I haven't really paid attention. What you haven't happened? seen the tweets? They're talking about fighting each other. John Jones and Mike Tyson? Yes. And what, mixed martial arts? Yes. No, I don't no. want to. Okay, that. here, wait. I'll, I'll read you the tweet so I get it right, okay? Here we go. Here we go. This was posted over the weekend, all right? John Jones and Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson said this in an Instagram Live. To make $100 million, Conor McGregor had to fight Floyd. John Jones got to fight me if he wants to make super money. To which John Jones replied, I'll box you in the ring if you promise to give me a real fight in the octagon afterwards. And because I respect you so much, I promise I won't break anything on you. 
Really? Yeah, he said that. It's not nice to say that to Mike. I mean, he's 53 years old, right? <laughs> That's crazy. I, it's like, it's odd. Even hearing that, it's kind of odd. <laughs> like, even hearing the whole, like, interaction between the two is odd. So, I'm just going to ignore it. Not into it? Mm, no sell. You know how no they say no sold something? I'm yes. no selling this thing. I'm no selling this thing right into the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but Mike is the one bringing it up. That's kind of crazy, though, right? Like, why would you want to box? I think Mike was just talking. You know, Mike's yeah. just talking. You know, like... Look, man, I think when you're in front of a camera like that and you're just doing these things, like sometimes you just talk and you're just talking and talking and talking. And I think that's one of those times where Mike was just talking. And the reality is, though, in order for Jones to make those types of dollars, he's going to have to go fight a guy like that in boxing and get a boxing type of contract. So it's not wrong. You know what I'm saying? He's not wrong. You know, so, yeah, still just not interested in it, though. Okay. Fair enough. Um, last thing, Mike Perry, is he going to really have his girlfriend in his corner? Just his girlfriend? That's what he said. You believe this? Bro, I hope. I hope. I, I mean, I don't know what's going on Could with you Mike. Be- <laughs> I, fighting I, Mickey Gall this weekend. He has a new girlfriend. He he broke up with his wife. I guess they got a divorce or separation. So he has a new girlfriend, which if you follow him on Instagram, you'll see he's very proud of his girlfriend. But he has said that uh, it's just going to be her. I don't know. He's Mike Perry. Yeah, I don't think they would let him do that, right? The commission would have to say something like, what's her experience? Like, you can't just go fight like do that. Do they ask that? I mean, I don't – well, none of us have ever showed up with our girlfriends. Like, <laughs> like, they've never had to really ask that. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody showed up with their girlfriend like, and said, she's going to corner me. So, but Brett do- Rogers did. You remember Brett Rogers' his wife used to come there with him, but I don't think she was in his corner. And she wasn't the only one. Yeah, and he had other coaches, so – Sam Alvey has his wife, but she's not the only one. But yeah. his wife wraps his hands. Yeah, so his wife obviously knows what she's doing. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I hope Mike's the, I used to always see Mike with this certain group of guys that he was with all the time, and I hope those guys show up in Vegas this weekend. Yeah. This is serious, man. You can't you can't play around with this career. This is like this is real. Like you can't you can't be messing around. So I hope Mike Imagine if we see the same thing again where Mike says he wants out and the girlfriend tells him to go back. Boy, could you imagine that? No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. done. No, you got this, champ. You got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, man. Crazy. That would be crazy. (laughs) I feel pretty confident that that's not going to happen this weekend. But holy, so I feel like the internet would. How confident are you that that wouldn't happen? I feel like I'm 150 percent confident, <laughs> and I hate when people say that because there's no such thing as 150 percent. But I mean, could you imagine just to try to you know tie this whole thing together? Um, yeah, that would be wild. Later today, I'm going to talk to Robert Drysdale, by the way, so that should be interesting. Mm. I'll tell him I that, what I feel. Like, see what he says. See if he agrees. I mean, I I'm still not even sure how you feel because I felt like you sat on the fence and like we're talking. I didn't. Well, I didn't sit on the fence. I told you that you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to do that as an athlete. And Robert was. I think Robert was more right in the situation. Okay. So you agree You agree with Robert and you place the blame on Max? A little bit more. I agree a little bit more with Robert, but I also know there's some blame for Max. <laughs> same, same. Come on, you got to pick yeah, an back in the, I'm, I'm like 70, I, I think, I think, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with what I said earlier. Which was what? Mm, I don't think I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I still don't. If someone, if I get off the phone here, or you know exactly whatever. what I said. I told you, like, I it's hard for me because I'm a fighter, and I know what a fighter is not supposed to do. Okay, so you are in favor of what Robert did, and you feel like Max quit. 
I've seen many people get that same conversation from their coaches in fights. Okay. Won Think the back fight? to Raquel Pennington. Think back to Raquel Pennington. Yeah, she lost. But did anyone win the fight? When you were done mentally, you're gut, you're kind of done, right? Then we also saw in the other way where Trevor Whitman just goes, Nate, you're done. With Marquardt, right? Like I love you're that. done. Like I right? Love that. Like you're done. Marquardt didn't want to be done, but he just said you're done. It is what it is. But you never heard Nate ask to be done. You know what I'm saying? That's He's the way it should be. Once the fight starts, I feel like the power should be in the corner's hands. But, like, again, dog, like, I just think that now Max Roscoff has to live with a lifetime of that. That yeah. stench will stay on him for, like, the uh, of the rent. Imagine he wins 10 fights in a row. No one will ever remember this. It's not over. You're there. crazy if you I, I, think you will ever forget that. No what chance. Are you talking about? Because it will always be a part of the story. Every time we, every time somebody does a buildup, they'll talk about that time that that happened. And has he really worked? Hey, still to this day. To this day, for all that Amanda Nunes has done, peep every buildup. They're like, is cardio going to be a question? Like, dude, no, every, no one talks dude, about that. You're crazy if you think if you because even last time I fought, last time she fought, I said the only way Felicia Spence can win this fight is if she makes it a dog fight. And the way that Kat Zingano did, that's how she beat Amanda Nunes, wore her down, really made her fatigue herself. That's it. Dude, it'll, it 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 is always a part of the story. I'm sorry, sorry. If, if he wins, <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. If he wins ten in a row, the story will be remember when he did that and look but at it, how he turned things always, around. Yes, that could that yeah, but it'll still be mentioned. It'll never be gone. All right, so. I beg to differ. We'll find out. Max, keep your head up. I got your yeah. back. I hey, support me too, you, Max. Max, I know you're a good kid, yeah. but you gotta. You got to really like, hey, man, sometimes you got to just deal with the tough situation. Okay. Hey, shout outs. Shout outs. Yes. You want, you have a shout out? You go. You want me to go first? Well, you always do the shout outs. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like my, I feel like my internet's on the verge, bro, about going, I'm going out again. So like. Okay, well, I, actually, I actually spoke about some of the shout-outs in the show, but I wanted to give a shout-out to Kawhi, who's coming back. We found out last week that he's fighting Omari Ahmedov, friend of the program. You know, in my I don't know about you because, like, the whole Rockhold Weidman thing. Well, I'm not really sure whose side of the Rockhold beefs you're on now that you're, you know, buddies with Bisping and whatnot. <laughs> um, anyway, I wanted to give a shout-out to Anderson Silva, who's looking for a comeback fight. I wanted to know if you had any suggestions there. Yeah, yeah, big, 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 big ups to Weidman. It's been it's been far too long. One of the best uh, middleweights. Great guy. Also, mm-hmm. uh, Anderson Silva. Um, always great to watch him compete. Um, I don't know. I put you on the spot who he would there, fight. Thing is, he would just like he's such a high. He gets paid so much, and he's such a big name guy. It always has to be super tough fight. So, um, but I know Anderson will step up to the challenge. Shout out to Bobby Green, who had a great post-fight interview. Did you see that with his dad? It was the best. It was the best. I love Bobby Green. Yeah, he's the man. You don't fight hate with hate. You fight hate with love. That's, uh, that's the message we need to hear today. Shout out to Jim Miller. 35 UFC fights. Ties the record with uh, Donald Cerrone and wins again. The guy just keeps on taking. Overcomes Lyme disease, which if you know anything about Lyme disease, how you know, I mean, crippling that could be, the guy is incredible. Yeah, Jim Miller's the man. Um you know, watching him throw that arm bar up on Roosevelt Roberts was crazy because he's done it so many times to so many people. And again, we spoke about this earlier. Some guys are put in positions to elevate young fighters. In that instance, Jim Miller closed the door and said, nope, I'm not going to be that guy to elevate this kid. And he won the fight. So um, 
great on him. Great for Jim. Shout out to Justin Janes, who took a fight on two days' notice and won via 41-second knockout on Saturday, which is incredible. Shout out to all the dads out there. And by the way, shout out to LFA, Invicta. We're starting to see more promotions come back, and this is great to see because I want to see other fighters get an opportunity to get paid as well. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome to see uh, organizations starting to start back up. I mean, the NBA is coming back. Uh, here in the NFL is going to come uh, and, and play football, hopefully. So it's good. Uh, but if you can stay home, stay home, man. We still have a fight on our hands with this with this COVID. So uh, it's great to see the world opening up, but let's be smart about it. Be like your boy Ariel. Live that quarantine life. You know. What like, I'm are, are we even still in quarantine at this I point? Am. Like I don't know. You still I haven't left. Still. Oh yeah, I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't gone to a supermarket, a restaurant, any. The only, I've still only been to the bank. That's it. That's the only commercial place that I've ever been to. Crazy. Since March twelfth. How about that? On that note, we shall say goodbye. Once DC yawns for the fourth time, I feel like it's. Bro, you know, I woke up again six thirty and worked out this morning before I did this. So yeah. I know you're going to see saying. some yawns. Hey, shout out to Countdown over there. Uh, let me know if they need like a release form signed or something, you know, for my, my <laughs> They're laughing at you. They're like, man, this dude has no chance. <laughs> and thanks to everyone who continues to watch, download, rate, subscribe, review. Thank you very much to Ancestry DNA. Thank you to Modelo. Thank you, TST. Thank you, Corporate Jake. Thanks to all of you. We love you, DC. Have a good week of training, and we'll talk to you next week, all right? All right. Later, boys. Thank you, guys. Right, thanks for the time. Peace. We're out of here. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit geico.com for details.